What is up, everybody? Welcome to Off the Record. I'm your host, RJ Starspick, here with my co-host, Celia Ryan, and our great special guest, Corey Heim, who finally we get on the show after last week. We had a wild week, all of us, as far as the hurricane and travel and wondering where we were going to be and if it was going to be pouring rain and wind gusts and stuff like that. But here we are, finally, thankfully, recording the show. Corey, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing good, doing good. Mm -hmm. So glad to have you on. Obviously, we were just talking about Talladega. You just had this recent weekend. You said beautiful weather uh, in Talladega, which is kind of it's, you know, what we usually expect sometimes. But this week was a little different, like we mentioned with the weather. So how was Talladega weekend for you? Kind of recap that. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to be down there. You know, it's such a such a big spectacle in racing, just Talladega in itself. And um, to be down there with all those fans and, and have the beautiful weather like we talked about. Um, you know, it's pretty special for sure. Um, as for the race, you know, we had a really good run going. Um, our, our goal is to win the owner's championship this year. And we were, um, you know, I think 20 or so points below the cut line at the time, you know, going into the race. Um, you know, my goal was to get stage points and, you know, hopefully win the race so we advance. But, um, you know, we got a little less stage points than we wanted. Um, so we were kind of going for the win at the end. And, um, you know, Talladega, kind of goes one way or another sometimes you either seem to finish up front or you're completely destroyed and um, unfortunately we got the bad end of the stick there and we ended up destroyed but um, you know that's part of it that's kind of what you expect at a, at a Talladega and um, you know hopefully we do better next time. Yeah, exactly. And you, you mentioned going for the owner's championship and that's something that, you know, was talked about a lot in the cup series now with all the swaps of, of, you know, drivers and things like that. But that's something that's been going on in like trucks and Xfinity for, for a while with trucks that run multiple, you know, drivers in the car throughout the season. So for you, um, obviously you're in the truck, you know, trying to gain experience for yourself, progressing yourself as a driver, but that's obviously on your and the team's mind, right? Progressing, getting as much owner's points as you can. Cause it's, you know, it's a, it's a big deal at the end of the year where you place. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, owner's championship's really big. I think it's kind of like the unsung points battle in most series. Um, you know, you look at the truck series and especially ARCA, I'd say, is like the two um, where owner's championships are, are more commonly, you know, talked about than maybe Xfinity and Cup because, you know, Xfinity and Cup, you have more common full-time drivers in those series where uh, you don't really see the owner's championship cars kind of compete for the, the championship when it's all said and done. You know, generally your top four driver's championship cars are also your owner's championship cars. But um, <clears throat> it seems like every year in the truck series, there's at least one truck that's that's in the final four and uh, in the owners and not in the drivers. So, um, you know, it's definitely a little bit more common to uh, to have that happen. And hopefully if we have a good run at Homestead, we can, you know, be that truck this year. Um, I think, you know, us in the 17 are the only uh, two trucks that aren't in the driver's championship and that are going for. And that's two really good trucks that, you know, I, I would expect to run well at Homestead. So, um, I'm excited to see what that entails. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that at Talladega, you kind of reached a point where it's like, didn't get enough stage points. Like I have to go for the win now. Do you, do you like, and your team kind of go into Talladega? Like at one point, I'm just going to race really hard for it. Whatever happens, happens. Like, do you guys kind of go in with that mentality or is it something that works through as the race progresses? Yeah. I mean, I think what we can control, we're going to try to control. Right. And I mean, at Talladega, you know, you're going <clears> to <throat> find yourself not being able to control much. I mean, most of the wrecks are going to be caused by the 39 other trucks, you know, of course you can cause a wreck by yourself, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, like, you know, anything can happen at Talladega and Daytona and I guess Atlanta now. So um, you do go in with the mentality that, you know, your expectation is not going to get out of there with a clean truck and run fifth, but um, you know, you're going to try your best to do so. And our strategy was, to race really hard in the first two stages, which we did. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get as many 
you know, stage points as we wanted, like I mentioned, but um, <clears throat> I thought we put ourselves in a really good position to, to come home with a good finish. We were riding, I think it was like fourth or fifth in the last lap. And um, unfortunately we got a, caught up in a wreck, but um, you know, our strategy, you know, we thought was <clears throat> the best one and the smart one, as far as pitting midway through stage three to, to make that our final fuel stop of the, of the day. And, um, you know, as you saw, like every single truck pitted on that lap. So, um, you know, everyone kind of just calculated that up and determined that that was the best strategy and um, kind of made for a, <clears throat> a closer on pit road. But, um, you know, that's what that's what the calculation showed that that was going to be the best way to do it. And I think everyone kind of agreed on that for sure. Yeah. And what what really catches my eye about these like truck super speedway races, I feel like every single lap, like as a fan, it almost looks like there's going to be a big crash. Like these trucks are they're wiggling around like on TV and, and squirreling and everything like that. Like, how's it feel in the driver's seat? Are you like managing it like crazy? Does it look as crazy it is on TV? Yeah, 100 percent. It might be even more intense in person. Like, I mean, anytime you bump somebody, I mean, some people are more stable than others. I feel like the drivers with a little bit more experience can kind of handle the bumps better, like. I was working with the 17 a lot and he was super stable, like really easy to work with, but there was two or three trucks that I tried pushing to the front and it was like not looking good. Like they were moving around a lot. Just seemed like, uh, you know, there's a pretty big bump over the tunnel in turn three and it, it seems to upset trucks. Um, and you can kind of notice it a lot more in the truck than you can on TV. But every time I go over that bump and you hit them in the wrong angle, it just looks like we're about to wreck. So um, there's, you know, nine or 10 instances where I thought we were about to cause a big one, but, um, you know, that never happened in a turn three surprisingly, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's as crazy as it looks on TV for sure. If not more on the truck. Yeah. And, and, and that means handling matters a lot more than people think is right. Like tuning up the truck before the race, like, and even during the race, like there are adjustments that you as a driver make, you know, as far as your handling that maybe people don't think, cause they're just like, Oh, it's a super speedway. You just go out there, hold the gas and hold a pretty wheel. Like there's a lot of things that go into that. Right. Yeah. And Daytona, I feel like is a lot more handling based than Talladega nowadays. Um, I remember my first like Daytona test in 20, 20 with ARCA. I know that's only a couple years ago, but um, it seems like Daytona just gets more wore out every year, more bumpy and uh, turn four is ruling there. So, um, you know, you got to be tightened up and, um, you know, you get to a point where you are, you know, too tight and it does scrub speed because you're turning so much. I think that's the only team's fears, but I'd rather have that than be like out of control loose and not being able to, you know, take a bump from somebody behind me. I feel like that's super important. So, um, <clears throat> you know, Talladega, uh, back to Talladega, I don't think it's as handling based as Daytona, but, um, you know, with all the tire issues that people were having, like a lot of people were recording right rears and um, people were complaining about being loose. And I think more loose trucks are having more issues with the tires. So um, that's another, you know, important topic. You have to be tightened up enough to where you don't destroy the right rear tire the whole time. And then, you know, being out of control, there's, there's a lot of variables that go into super speedway racing, kind of like you mentioned that people probably overlook. So I want, I want to kind of look at your truck series season this year. Obviously, you ran 14 truck races. You got two left in the season being Homestead and Phoenix. And for you as a driver that's not really running anything full-time this year, running trucks on a part-time basis, you ran some marker races. Obviously, you run a lot of late model races as well and stuff all the way around the country. Um, but as far as just the truck series running this year, where do you feel like, you know, do you feel like it's been a really solid year for you gaining experience? Obviously, you've got some checkered flags too, so that's obviously a great thing to get. Um, but, you know, overall, you, you've gained a lot of experience and you've kind of seasoned yourself as a driver. Like, do you feel like it's definitely been a successful year? Yeah, I think overall, when you look back at it, it's it's a successful year with with a lot of highlights. And, you know, there's some lowlights too. Um, to, to begin the year, it was very up and down. Like we, 
wrecked at Daytona, then we won in Atlanta, then we, I think we wrecked the next race and then won the next race. So yeah. it's like really severely, you know, polarizing start to the season. And um, as of late, you know, disregarding this past weekend at Talladega, as of late, I feel like we've um, really put together good runs. I mean, I think we went on a four or five race top 10 streak. So, um, you know, that's definitely how you have to put yourself in position to win an owner's championship when you're in my shoes. And it was looking really good up to this past weekend. So, um, you know, when you look back at it, I think um, you definitely have to consider these last two races. So I can't really put my season in a, in a complete uh, spectacle yet, but um, you know, I think, you know, so far so good for sure. And I feel like my first, you know, four or five races, as I mentioned, were a lot different than my last four or five races. So, um, you know, I feel like the improvement was there more consistent, but, you know, I definitely like to win at least one more race to end the year to kind of just cap off the season on a good note. Those like polarizing starts that you had, do you, would you say that those are more like discouraging to the start of the season? Because obviously it's hard to not run consistently when you've been doing great. And then the next week you don't do so well. Is that discouraging or does that kind of you inspire to inspire you to kind of come back and hit harder? It's definitely a little discouraging to look back at, you know, the DNFs and, you know, the, the low lights throughout the season. And then you, you look back at the other side of the, the polar opposite and you see that, you know, we won a couple races in between those. So, um, you know, it's definitely kind of a, <clears throat> a mixed feeling for sure. Um, I feel like I'd rather be, you know, consistent than so polar opposite, you know, between the races. But, you know, you also <clears throat> have to consider that, you know, NASCAR is all about winning at this point with how the chase works and, or sorry, playoffs work. And, um, you know, it's, it's all about winning. You know, there's so many bonus points that comes with that. And so much, like, so much attention comes from winning rather than, you know, running, you know, second or third every week. Like, I'd rather run, uh, you know, first one week and then, you know, 12th the next week than run second every week. I think that's just how it works in NASCAR. And, um, you know, maybe if it was a, <clears throat> a points, you know, straight through the year, like it used to be in like the 90s and 80s, um, I'd rather maybe run second every week, but just the way that the points work right now, I'd definitely rather win races. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. yeah, very important to win races for, and you mentioned the next two races that are coming up in the truck series schedule, Homestead and Phoenix. I think Homestead's a really fun track. I don't think the truck series went there last year. Now they're back. Um, so I think right. it's going to be a, a really fun race to watch. And for you, that this will be your first trip to Homestead, right? That's correct. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that race. I mean, I've seen um, you know, of course, all the championship races there in the past up till uh, two years ago, I think they moved to Phoenix, but um, just the way they run the wall and kind of move around that place. Um, it's, you know, how a lot of tracks were modeled back in the 90s and 80s, like Atlanta Motor Speedway used to be kind of similar, but um, Homestead's really come to its own as a unique race racetrack and, and the way you move around there, uh, run top, middle, bottom, you know, you can make speed anywhere around that place. Um, you know, I feel like it's, you know, a good comparison to Kansas and Kansas is one of my favorite racetracks. So, um, you know, hoping to, you know, put some similar results up. I, I feel like we could have finished in the top five in both Kansas truck races this year. So, um, of course, you know, Homestead's, you know, unique in its own, but I can definitely compare it to some places and I'm really hoping it's like Kansas for sure. Yeah, I think for sure, especially with, with the way the corners are and everything and the way you run it, that, that would be uh, really fun to watch. And then one, one other point I wanted to make too, before we end this little first segment here is in the truck series, obviously you're, you know, getting seasoned as a truck series driver. And there was this new format announced this year with like 20 minute practice sessions. Then you jump into qualifying. And I don't know if that's something that you had ever kind of done before on the short track scene before, if you had any, you know, practice in that, or this is kind of brand new to you. How's that been for you as kind of a young driver? Cause a lot of people have noted young drivers or drivers coming in from other professions, trying to get practice, whether, you know, how challenging it is to just, you have that 20 minutes to get the truck dialed in, to get yourself dialed in as a racer. How's that been for you? Yeah, I think a lot of it, <clears throat> I think a lot of it just goes back to sim for me. Um, I think, 
that's extremely important. And the fact that we have access to that uh, definitely puts, you know, KBM this year at an advantage just to be able to, um, you know, work weeks on the same racetrack and the same truck, you know, same setup and everything, just dialing it in on, on sim. Uh, whereas, you know, some teams don't have access to that. Um, and sometimes it's, it's great. Like we unload and, you know, the 20 minute practice, we don't even need all 20 minutes. We're so close and we feel so confident in it, but, um, you know, there's some tracks where we don't have access to sims, such as like IRP. Um, that was kind of a rough one for me to just go out and get used to it. But yeah. then again, we also had an hour at IRP to, to dial it in. So I think NASCAR understands like the, the usage of sim and how much, you know, how much valued track time we need at certain places. Like every time we go to a new racetrack, it seems like they give us the extra time to get ready for it. Um, and if, if it's like a Kansas or a Daytona or a Talladega, like we may not even get practice because we've been there so many times. So, um, you know, for an organization like College Motorsports, that's, you know, been to all these racetracks and um, has a, a long list of notes that, you know, you can take back and really just be close right when you unload. Um, it's not really that difficult for me because it's, it's so close to what we do on STEM, but for a brand new team that's just coming into the sport that doesn't have access, like that's gotta be like grueling to get it right from the bat. Like I can't even imagine how tough that is. So, um, that just goes to show what the experience of that team, you know, means and all those access to resources for sure. For sure. For sure. We'll be back here with more on off the record. And welcome back here on Off the Record. We're here with Corey Heim, and, and I wanted to jump into the next segment to talk about the ARCA series, which you've run uh, a good amount of ARCA this year. You've run seven ARCA races, um, and obviously that's something that you started in last year and the year before, running a lot of races, getting a lot of wins as well. And so for this year, you, you win at Daytona once again, and obviously when you make your ARCA starts, you've been having some great success. So how is that still, you know, while you're doing all the truck stuff that we just talked about, you know, how, how is it still – good for you to hop in the ARCA car and get some more as much track time as you can as well? Yeah. I mean, I think ARCA is extremely beneficial for me just to be able to kind of continue my, my list of notes and kind of just, um, you know, supply all the information I can like leading up to a truck race, um, such as Kansas where I ran back to back days, uh, ARCA and then truck. Like I feel like just kind of putting that notebook together and really just getting a good feel forward and, and knocking the rust off is super important. Kind of like we mentioned earlier, how, how little practice there are on the truck series, like, hopping in that ARCA car that's honestly, in my opinion, like very similar to the truck. Um, it's super important just to, just to get used to it and get used to the track. The, the, you know, temperature is a big deal in, in racing. I think, you know, when you go to Kansas in the spring and then Kansas in the fall, it's two totally different racetracks. So um, ARCA is, is definitely, you know, just a very good, like knock the rust off type of thing for me, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And for you as drivers run, you know, short tracks and late models. And now, you know, in ARCA, you got seasoned with a lot of mile and a half truck series. You got seasoned with a mile and a half. So you think, like, you know, I can't remember exactly which ARCA races you've run this year, but do you think it's a cool dynamic for the seasons that you did run full time? Um, there's a big dynamic and you you guys would run on the shortest of short tracks and you guys could run on the biggest mile and a half to super speedways, to road courses, to, to dirt tracks. We were even talking with, uh, with Tony about that a few weeks ago. Um, you think it's a great, you know, dynamic attracts that, especially kind of when you were running full time to race on. Yeah. I mean, I really think there's something to be said about ARCA just being a really good, um, you know, kind of building block for, for young drivers to really just get their foot in the water and, and really just start to understand how to drive a stock car rather than just being thrown to the wolves in the truck series. Um, I think 
a lot of people talk about the, the lack of car count in ARCA and the lack of competition, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's always been a really good building block. I've never really seen it as like its own that like individual series where, you know, the best of the best drivers want to go there. I mean, it's never been seen like that. So, um, you know, there may be less drivers and less competition, but at the same time, I mean, those are the future of, of racing and they have to, you know, learn some way. And I don't think just jumping right into the truck series is the right thing to do. So, um, you know, I do think there are some changes that need to be made to ARCA, but at the same time, like, you know, it's a building block and I don't think it's um, right if, you know, you were to take it away, I think it would make young drivers struggle really bad just being uh, thrown out to the truck series. So um, when you talk about the diversity of the series, like, I think that's great. You know, we go to two road courses, two dirt tracks, uh, five to six intermediates a year, super speedways, you name it, right? And I think that's just another thing that's, that needs to be said about just young drivers getting experience on all those different kinds of racetracks. So, um, you know, personally, if it wasn't for the ARCA series, I, I don't think I'd be the driver I am today. Um, just being the, being in all those races and getting all those laps is, is super important. Do you have any like bucket list tracks that you'd like to race in either ARCA or truck or anything to like spice up the season? Yeah, so I've seen a lot of good things about Road America. People talk really good about that place. Um, I've really wanted to go there for a while now. Um, you know, should I have an opportunity to run a TA2 car there next year or something. So um, never been there, never seen the place, but I've heard a lot of good things for sure. Yeah, you ran uh, Trans Am. That was, that was what we were talking about in Nashville, right? After that gigantic hit that you took and you were saying how you were like about to hit the road and you ran a, you ran a yeah. Trans Am car the next day. Where, where was that? Was that a Road America? No. That was at uh, Mid Ohio. Yes. Mid Ohio. That's that right. was um that was tough for sure. We uh we drove right through the night and I, I slept in the back of my dad's truck while my dad drove. Thankfully he was there to drive or else I would have been completely toast for the next day. But um but yeah that's that's a great learning tool as well. I mean TA2 is a road course exclusive series and um, those drive pretty similar to ARCA and trucks as well. So um you know anytime I can hop in something that gives me experience and uh, TA2 and ARCA is definitely two of the best. Yeah. What is the, the dynamic? I've always been interested because I've never, I've never seen a TA2 race in person or anything like that. And I'm interested what the dynamic is when you, when you pull up for a racing event, cause there's a lot of, there's so many different aspects to that type of racing, right? Like what would it be explained as in like a kind of a short explanation, like train? Yeah. That I mean, type like, of you, know, you definitely get like a more of a road course vibe from it. Like I yeah. wouldn't say like, uh, you know, overseas road course. It's, it's definitely like, american you know road course but at the same time you get there's a little bit more like different types of class like it's kind of like a wine and cheese kind of racing you know what i mean like people are just out to have fun and then you got some guys that are really competitive so um i don't know it's, it's hard to explain for sure but uh the fact that they go all the way to like sonoma and then they come back to the east coast and run um you know mid ohio and then run like coda in texas so like you know, it's a, it's a national series. I mean, it's a big deal to a lot of people and they get full fields. I mean, you're, you're talking 30 to, to 50 cars per weekend and that's, that's on a consistent basis too. So yeah. it's super competitive. I mean, you got a really broad range of drivers. So um, you really get a good idea of like where you're at in the field. Whereas like, if you jump right into a truck series road course, I mean, you're going to get 30 good drivers in that series. And I feel like uh, TA2 is just a little bit more spread out where you got kind of half of them are really good and half of them are just kind of there to have fun. So um, it's definitely a different dynamic, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I love seeing all the, the dynamic in that series for sure. And I know we just mentioned Nashville. So if you want to explain to, to Celia, I don't know if she saw the crash or and all the viewers of, of Nashville, because we were talking after that race, you that, that was a massive hit going into a very, a very dynamic track in Nashville itself, like especially turn three. There was like four trucks wadded up in that. And you were kind of just right, right in the middle of that sandwich and to where it 
it hurt pretty bad for you. Like you said, you lost, you like lost your breath for a second and everything like that. It was just yeah. a big boom. Like it all happened so quick. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was no doubt the, the hardest that I've ever taken in my life. Um, you know, and it's probably not even close. I, uh, I got wadded up with uh, Matt Benedetto and Grant Enfinger. And when I hit the wall, I didn't technically hit the wall. I was like sandwiching uh, Grant Enfinger within the wall, like next to me. So I basically hit the left side of his truck as he was hitting the wall. And there's no crush point on that truck when you hit their door. Like it's just a, a solid, it's almost like hitting a solid concrete wall when you hit another truck. So, um, you know, it's definitely a unique crash. You know, you don't see that a lot where two trucks kind of hit the wall at the same time or hit each other into the wall. But, um, you know, there's no absorption of impact, kind of like you've been seeing with the next gens, like they're, they're very rock solid, like they don't absorb a lot of the impact. <clears throat> and I would definitely compare that to, to the Nashville wreck a lot. I mean, you know, I absorbed all the impact and went right into my rib cage. So um, it was, you know, knocking me out of breath for a good like 10, 15 seconds and um, definitely like was, was a little, you know, scared at first, just that <clears throat> I broke a rib or something like that. But luckily it was just a big, big bruise there and I was able to recover and run TA2 the next day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You took that and ran Trans Am the next day. I mean, did you, did you feel that when you were in the car? Like, was that kind of like a, a lasting effect throughout the weekend or is that something that kind of just wore off? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely super, super sore, especially with all the left and right handers and all the different G-forces kind of moving you around left to right. I mean, that was that was tough. And then the, the lack of sleep was even tougher. So, um, you know, definitely um, don't understand how people like Kyle Larson run like four or five times in a week. I mean, just that in itself, like, is, is so tough. But um, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, sprint car drivers and, and USAC guys that also run NASCAR. Like it's, it's insane how they run, how much, like 90 races per year or something while I'm sitting here at 30, like worn out after a couple of them. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> definitely props to them. Even like after an injury though, that's amazing that you were able to run the next day. Do you think it's better that you like got back into it immediately? Or like, if you could go back, would you maybe wait until next week to race again? Yeah, I think the extent of the injury was just that I, I got the breath knocked out of me and I had a bruised rib. So like if it was something broken or I had some sort of concussion, like definitely have to sit out for any kind of head injury or head trauma. <clears throat> you see a lot of next gen, you know, NASCAR drivers uh, sitting out recently just because of that. And it's super important that you uh, make that a priority. But, um, you know, as long as you're evaluated and, and kind of understood that it's not, nothing, you know, detrimental if you were to re-injure it. Like if I hit my rib again, like it would hurt really bad, but you know, there's no lasting effects to that. So it's just really dependent on the injury. And I think, you know, head injuries are the number one priority that you need to kind of focus on. And I've, I've really be, begun to understand that this year, like before this year, I never really understood head injuries or how any of that worked, but um, definitely taking a couple of hard hits this year where it's definitely become a priority for me for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely a big priority. And I know, you know, real quick, you mentioned dirt racing too. How much, cause I know you ran, you ran to coin this year for ARCA, right? You ran that yeah i've run decoin and i also ran four uh micro races at millbridge so um mm -hmm. definitely got my fair share of uh dirt racing and it's it's a different world for sure yeah you you feel like you're getting seasoned into it pretty decently or you think there's still some work to to be done there yeah i mean like it seems like i can qualify really good but i can never race really good in the in the millbridge deal um you know i qualified i think top five and three out of my four races that i did out of like the 30 or 40 cars there um, and you know, you're super satisfied with that. And then you have an in invert that like puts you back to like fourth in a heat race. So, yeah. you know, that's a little bit different than NASCAR. There's no inverts or anything like that. Um, and, you know, starting from the middle of the pack and kind of like a hornet's nest is what I'd call it. Just so many moving pieces and slide jobs and people dooring each other, like so many 
so many different pieces versus a NASCAR race. It's a little bit more calm. I feel like, um, yeah. that was definitely something that caught me off guard, but, um, you know, I don't regret doing it one bit. It was fun uh, while it lasted, but, um, uh, definitely a different world. Yeah. And that, that's, that's funny. Cause I, I feel like I remember when we had Mason Diaz on this show, like a month ago, that's, I think that's the exact same thing he said when I asked him about dirt racing, cause he was just trying it out and he was like, man, I can, I can run a heater. I can sell in the pole, but when we get to the race, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, a, it's a huge different challenge. Like you said, right. Within the race, as far as to just running a lap. Yeah. And like the, the other thing that's like a lot different that I noticed about dirt racing, I mean, you know, of course, it's more of a local, you know, sport. I mean, you, Millbridge is right down the road to me. It's about 30 minutes out. So you don't have to fly anywhere. You just kind of show up and race. And uh, the other thing is like NASCAR races are like spread out all throughout the day. Like generally we practice at like 1030 a.m., 11 o'clock a.m., qualify like 430, race at 7. Millbridge, you show up at 5 o'clock p.m., you practice at 530, qualify at 6, race at probably 7 or 730. So it's like a three-hour span where you just get after it for three hours and then go home. And, you know, you run probably, you know, at, at one twentieth of the laps you would as in a NASCAR race. I mean, the, the feature is 30 laps at Millbridge, whereas a NASCAR race, you know, you're generally running anywhere between 100 to 200 laps in a truck race. So you're running a quarter of the laps, you know, when it's all said and done, but like, I feel just as worn out just because of how fast you progress through the night. And that's, that's pretty much all dirt racing all around the U S I mean, you show up practice qualify race, just done, done and done. And, and NASCAR is really spread out. So um, definitely a different, different way of looking at it, different way of approaching it. Yeah, exactly. And we'll be back here with more on off the record. And welcome back here on Off the Record. Glad to have Corey with us here still. And we're going to jump into some other racing here. We're going to talk about some late model racing, short tracks, a lot of the stuff that obviously you grew up with and kind of seasoned yourself as a race car driver moving to NASCAR. And we'll kind of start with, you know, one of the biggest late model races of the year at Martinsville. You ran it in your, you know, the, uh, the, the fame number 78 that you like to, that you're always in on the late models side. And uh, like you said, it was, it was an all right race. You said you finished around the ninth place. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Martinsville has always been a big deal for me um, ever since I ran it for my first and uh, my first start and the first uh, first start in a late model stock, excuse me, uh, finished second. I uh, felt like I really should have won the race. Um, and that was like kind of what lit the fire for me as far as trying to get a Martinsville clock. And I've been there, been there in a truck once now and, um, you know, should have had a pretty good run there. So it uh, feels like I've, I've had the speed to, to win a Martinsville clock before, but I've never really been able to just finish it out, finish the deal. And, you know, I've led a lot of laps, but uh, that's not what bring, brings the clock home. So, so um, yeah, Martinsville, lay model stock race, you know, you never really know what you're going to get with that one. Uh, some years it's, it's a clean race where it goes pretty much green to checkered other than the stage breaks, but you know, some years it's just a complete catastrophe. So, yeah. um, you know, Martinsville is definitely unique. I feel like it's one of the most challenging short tracks I've ever been to. Just super hard on brakes, super hard on equipment. Um, you know, there in Bristol are definitely the two toughest that I've been to. And I want to talk about North Wilkesboro. Um, obviously, you got the chance to run the North Wilkesboro race. A lot of people came out to run that race, like Dale Jr. I know Stephen Parsons was running that race as well. A lot of, a lot of familiar faces and a lot of faces, obviously in the car store that were able to run that race, like Mason Diaz, we talked to him the week before. Um, so first of all, just kind of summarize that event as now it feels like that was the event that really almost took off the place. Like, all right, then boom, right after that. And then it's the all-star races announced truck series is heading there. 
uh, next year. And obviously that was kind of the culmination of the big month that the Speedway had. So kind of summarize that event. How was that for you? Just, you know, being there, you know, especially being young as well and seeing that track kind of be brought back to life. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, like that place blew my expectations out of the water. Like just the, the spectacle around that place, how many people were there, um, how many people were in the pits outside of the racetrack and even camping for a, a one day show. Like it's, it was insane how many people were there and the support that it got, um, you know, going into that race, I didn't really know what to expect because I never really grew up racing there. I'd never really seen the place uh, other than like iRacing, which of course isn't, you know, anything near what it was in real life. Um, but just to, to see all the people there was insane. Just all the, all the cheering and stuff for Dale Jr. And all the cheering for all the car store drivers was, was really cool to see. Um, and, you know, even though we didn't have the, the race that we wanted there, I think it was just an awesome thing to be a part of. And, you know, maybe look back one day and say like, yeah, like I was the first, you know, race back, first major race back, I should say, you know, at, at North Wilkesboro when they finally brought the place back. So um, just to be there was super special. Yeah, exactly. And you were, you, that's, that's a good point. You can say you were, you were a part of the race that <laughs> almost seemed like it, it kind of brought that place back to life. And and you mentioned, you know, seeing all the car store drivers, seal Dale, Dale Jr. That was like your third, that was still like your third or fourth car store race of the year. Right. Cause you've run some before that. Yeah. I think that was my fourth. Yeah. I think you're right about third or fourth car store race of the year. And then I ran some, some NASCAR events too. Um, really just any kind of off weekend that I can, you know, pick and choose to, to get that experience is definitely crucial for me. For sure. And, and I know the North Wilkesboro race, it was a lot of, it was a lot of managing tires, right? Cause I know we, we talked to a few people in the race and they were saying how they were going to take that practice session to just see what the tire wear was. Cause there was a few practice sessions and then there's qualifying Did qualifying get like rained out. And then you guys did it at like midnight or something like that. No, we, we qualified. Um, and the tire, the tire part of it, um, really surprised me. Like, going into that race, everyone said that we were going to be like saving, like it was Myrtle beach speedway, which is one of like by far the most abrasive track that I've ever been to. I mean, yeah. we literally rode around 40 miles an hour saving tires until like 10 laps to go. I mean, it was insane how much you had to save there. Um, and a lot of people thought it was going to be pretty similar, but um, you know, in practice, like there was definitely tire wear, don't get me wrong, but I would compare it to somewhere like Pensacola five flags. Like it's not, terrible but it's definitely there um and in the race like there really wasn't a whole lot of saving um i think the the driver who did it the best was dale jr which was pretty surprising because he doesn't do uh much late model racing at all but um you know you saw some people kind of come from the back and go to the front at the very end but really the the person who won the race led the whole thing so um you know if you compare it to myrtle beach kind of like i mentioned earlier like the person who leads the first 80 laps absolutely never won the race there. Never, ever. They would they'd finish fifth or sixth every time uh, because they just burned up the most of their tires. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, like a lot of people thought it was going to be similar to that, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as people thought it was. So I think that's what really led to them not tearing the place down and repaving it. Um, and that's why they're going to use the same, you know, surface for the all-star race next year. Yeah. That sounds like me and, me and I racing. I'll uh, whenever I race and I racing, I'll I'll rip to the front. I'll feel like the king of the world, you know, whether yeah. it's at Atlanta or at a short track, and then fifteen to go, and I finish seventh because everyone's driving by me, and so it sucks. And that I mean, saving tie. It's kind of like, do you feel like the people that drive to the front, like you say, when you you raced at Myrtle Beach, and there are people that led, you know, the first part of the race. I mean, are they are they doing that on purpose? Are they trying to just get out there to lead laps and trying to get the, you know, the I wouldn't say like TV time. Cause I don't know how much races were like aired on TV, but, or are they just kind of like forgetting or is everybody saving more tires than them? Like what's the dynamic there? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple variables there. Like some people, you know, just kind of lack the experience to know that your your good place to ride is going to be fifth to sixth place yeah. if you can, and then kind of just go for it at the end. Um, and some of it, people are just kind of oblivious to the fact that you have to save tires. Like, I mean, you got guys that literally try to lap the field in the first like 50 laps of a Myrtle Beach race, and they will end up three laps down by the time it's said, said and done. Like, it's insane how like so oblivious people are, you know, to, to how much you have to save tires at in a short track. But, um, you know, when you got guys that locally run it like Dominion or South Boston, which are fresh repave tracks that you don't have to save any tires. Like some people just don't know how to save tires and they just, all they know is go, go, go. So, um, when you go to a place like Myrtle beach or I guess North Wilkesboro, Pensacola, where you have to save some tire, um, it's definitely a learning curve. And I feel like, um, the who's retire and the, and the late model stuff definitely does a good job at just having a really solid progression of, you know, a lot of grip when you have fresh tires to like no grip when you wear them out. So, um, I feel like the who's retire definitely does a good job as far as that goes. Um, and it definitely makes for a good race. Awesome. Yeah. I definitely love to see good racing like that. And I was going to ask you what, uh, one of your favorite short tracks was, and that did remind me because of the last, I think the last time we talked on like a show, like a year ago, I remember us talking about uh, a track called Winchester for a while. And that yeah. race, that race yeah. is coming up. I can't remember how soon it is. I, I can't remember the exact date. I saw it uh, today. Um, but I know we talked about Winchester a lot. I know you love Winchester. I know a lot of people love Winchester. I love Winchester. I've never been there, but I want to go. And, but unfortunately I've been able to see races, whether, you know, on stream or on TV, whether it was Arca, whether it was late models, kind of explain to everybody what, what the cool dynamic is about Winchester. Why, and why is it, why is it so fun? Why is it such a cool racetrack? Yeah. I mean, Winchester's badass. I mean, like a year later, it is still my favorite racetrack. Um, it's just a really high bank track. It's, it's worn out. Um, it's not really that rough. I feel like, you know, the sister track to Winchester, which is Salem is, is definitely worn out. Like it's in need of a repave pad, but for whatever reason, Winchester stuck in there. I think they were paved at fairly, like fairly similar times in a time frame. but, um, I don't know. I mean, that place is fast. It's, you run up by the wall at three and four, you can run on the bottom in the middle. Um, a lot of different multi-groove racetracks, kind of like I touched on earlier, like the whole Kansas and Homestead dynamic, like I really like racing around tracks like that, where you just constantly search for grip um, and a lot of rubber gets laid down so it makes for a slick racetrack when it's all said and done so um, you're almost wide open there in qualifying too which I think is pretty cool so um, I've always loved going there and, and the race is actually not this weekend but next weekend so yeah. um, I'll be there in a, a jet motorsports super late model I'm looking forward to it awesome so is that is that going to be on homestead weekend um no that's the weekend before, right before. homestead okay yep so you so you'll be free. You won't have to pull double duty and, and drive right. and sleep in the back of this back of the car yeah, all the way yeah. there. So that's cool. You said that's it's right. you said it's wide open during qualifying for the late models? Just about, yeah. I qualified on the pole there last year. Um, and it was like you crack the gas and it's right back to it. Um and the track's only I wanna say it's a half a mile. Yeah, it's a half mile racetrack and you are just barely out of the gas. So uh, I feel like your top speed's actually higher than Bristol. Um, and you know, their corner speed might be a little bit higher too, even without the PJ one. So, um, for whatever reason that place is worn out, but it still just has a ton of grips. So thanks for a really fun race. Yeah. Do you, th do you think that's a place I could host a truck race like in the future? Like if they like, yeah. even added some stuff. <clears throat> you know, like, I, I don't know what the whole, like the seating is like there and like the area, but like, I know the track's really cool. So I say <laughs> we renovate it and right. we bring some, you know, we bring some truck racing and even some Xfinity racing. I think that'd be pretty cool. Cause I mean, they run Arca there. So it's like, they, they kind of have a taste of it. So I feel like, Hey, let's bring the truck series there. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into that. You know, I think the track itself absolutely can host a truck race. I think that would be a great race. You know, if you put 40 trucks in that place, I don't know what would happen, but it would be a great race when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, when you look at it as far as the market goes, I mean, NASCAR is just one big market, right? I mean, yeah. they're going to go to, you know, big cities. They're going to, that's why they're doing the Chicago street race instead of Road America next year. That's why they go to Daytona. That's why they go to, Phoenix, that's why they go to Charlotte, you know, all these big cities, it's a big market, it's going to attract people, and when people read the headlines for it, people are going to watch it, and I think that's the only reason why North Wilkesboro got another date, is because people look at North Wilkesboro, like, oh my god, like, it's an old NASCAR track, like, used to love that kind of racing, so people will watch the race, yeah. when people see Winchester, like, yes, there will be a, a group of people that look at it and be like, oh man, like, Winchester's always been a badass late model track, they used to race, I think, Xfinity, or I guess back in the day, Winston Cup there um, a long time ago, but um, you know, the, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, Winchester is not a well-known city. It's not really by a big city at all. Um, hotel situation's a little rough, even for the late model weekend. So it would be really, really hard to host anything but ARCA there. I feel like they could maybe get away with doing trucks if they somehow found a way to get people in hotels or campers or something, but, um, it's just tough. Like there's so many different variables outside of the actual racetrack that, that make it tough. And, you know, I, I see a lot of people on, on like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter talking about, oh man, like if NASCAR came to this short track, like it'd be so cool. Like, and they're totally right. But like the, the variables outside of that track are just limiting so much of what it could be. Um, if you just went to a big city that just made everyone's life so much easier. So, um, it does suck, but like, you know, I, I would, I would love to race there in a truck series, but I doubt it'll happen. Unfortunately. Are there any other tracks in like the ARCA circuit that you'd like to run in truck or you think might be making a push towards running in kind of the bigger leagues? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we did get Milwaukee. That's good. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I'm not a big Milwaukee all right. I mean, it's, I was going to bring that up, you know, as part of the, you know, ones that I'm kind of surprised we're going to, I mean, it is a city and it's a well-known city. I mean, they have like a professional baseball team. So, um, you know, they have uh, some sort of, you know, attraction there for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely capable of hosting truck series races. Um, and I think that's one that, you know, definitely is, is capable of doing that and maybe, you know, progressing towards Xfinity and Cup. Um, and, you know, it's not a bad racetrack. I just think that's one of the places that are well capable of hosting a race, but like yeah. maybe the on-track product won't be that great. So we'll see. Um, I could be totally wrong. I've been there once in ARCA and it was kind of just and it's really hard to pass. Like it's really worn out, which is fine. But uh, when you can't pass, it kind of makes for a drag of a race. So um, we'll see. I could be totally wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'll be the first one to find out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'll be back here to wrap it up here on Off the Record. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Off the Record. I'm still RJ Starsvik. I'm still here with my co-host Celia Ryan, and we're still here with Corey Heim here to wrap up the show. So, you know, we're kind of gonna we kind of like to wrap up the show talking about the future. And I know a question that uh, I always say my my old co-host on the drivers meeting, Tommy Joe Martins, used to ask a lot of people. Is he used to always just ask, especially for young drivers, like in the next, let's say, you know, five ish, six, seven years, obviously it's, you know, it's hard to predict that much in the future, but say just ideally, where, where do you want, you know, Corey Heim to be say in that future where, when people hear the name Corey Heim, what do you want people to think? Yeah. I mean, I think my, my future goals are just to be a, a successful racer. Um, you know, I race to win every week and I don't want to be in a position where um, I'm having to prove myself in a lesser equipment car and, you know, kind of just having to 
fight for my career, you know, every week. Like I, I hope I don't have to ever be in that position. And luckily to this point, I've never had to be in that position, but um, you know, that's, that's part of racing, but uh, my goal is definitely to be just a successful race car driver, wherever that may be. Um, and, you know, of course the goal is the cup series, but um, as long as I'm successful and content with what I'm racing and what I'm doing and I can make a living off of it, I'd, I'd be really happy with that. Um, and, you know, I definitely want to have a good reputation to come with that. Um, I feel like, you know, to this point, I've been a pretty low key driver. Like I don't make a, a big deal out of myself. And I, you know, a lot of drivers have made their reputation out of that, which is totally fine, but it's, it's really just not me. Like I like to let my racing do the talking and, um, you know, definitely try to have, you know, some personality with it. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm a racer, like that's just what I enjoy doing. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, maybe not the big personality that a lot of people um, seek after as far as like having a favorite driver or something, but um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, three years ago today, like I would have no idea that I um, would get to this point in my career where I've got two truck series win in my, in my rookie year. And like, to, to look back at it three years ago, like I, I would have never guessed that I had made it this far. So, um, you know, the future is definitely not clear for me. Um, you know, I'm trying to clear that, clear that up for next year and do it day by day for the, the coming next, the next coming years, excuse me. But, um, you know, I really hope to be a successful race car driver and I don't know, you know, what will end up happening. And um, I don't know what my odds are for that, but, you know, like I said, three years ago, I, I had no idea I'd make it this far. So hopefully in three years, I can look back and kind of say the same thing. Yeah. And looking like more short, short term, obviously. Um, how about next year? What are your, what are your plans? What are you excited to do? Yeah, I will be with uh, Twitter racing next year. Um, I'm not exactly sure where I'll be yet, but, um, you know, we're working on that. I'm actually about to have a meeting about that uh, in a few minutes here. So, um, you know, a little nervous about, you know, how everything's going to play out <clears throat> just with KBM going to Chevy and me sticking with Toyota. Uh, I'm not really quite sure where that leaves me yet, but uh, we'll definitely have an announcement within the next, the next couple months. Awesome. awesome. Excited to hear that. And so, yeah, cause I'm, I'm, you know, that, that was my next question. Cause I'm, I'm a big Xfinity series guy. I love the Xfinity series. I love the way those cars race. And I feel like you'd be a perfect fit. Like if you were to just get a race next year, is that something on, on your bucket list, like next year to make your Xfinity series debut at some point? Uh, it's definitely on my radar. Um, you know, honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen next year. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I had the opportunity, I'm definitely not going to turn if it, it down. If it comes up, you take much. it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%, you know, I turn that offer down. So, um, just working on, you know, some truck stuff for next year and kind of seeing where all that lies, but, um, you know, Xfinity, Xfinity debut is definitely on my radar and we'll see what happens. Awesome, man. Awesome. And I know, you know, just to wrap it up, we're looking towards the next two races, the truck series season. That's what you got. And as far as the rest of the year, yeah, you got Winchester, you got the remaining two truck races on the schedules or anything outside of that for people to know that what you'll be racing as far as just anything yeah, around the so, country. Um, yeah, I'll be doing uh, two more super late model races on top of the one uh, at Winchester next week. Uh, I'll be doing the all American 400 in Nashville and I'll be doing the uh, snowball derby as well. So um, not sure about Speedfest. I always race my home track in Cordial, Georgia, uh, Speedfest in January. I'm not sure if I'll be doing that one, but um, as far as like the beginning of next year, I definitely wanna stay, you know, stay ready, stay ready for Daytona and just kind of definitely knock the rust off, you know, after the, the month or so off that I'm inevitably gonna get at some point. So um, definitely looking forward to the next couple of races I've got you know, I've always looked forward to the end of the year because I feel like the, the best races always come to the end of the year, like the Derby, Winchester. I like Nashville, uh, Phoenix. I've always loved going to Phoenix. So uh, super excited for the next couple for sure. 
Awesome. Going to be fun to watch. So thanks again for Corey Hahn for joining us on the show, and we will see you all on Off the Record next week.